at a certain point, I think once your necessities are met, the rest essentially kind of becomes gravy in some senses. And so I feel obviously very blessed that, you know, we've accumulated enough where I feel very comfortable and secure. However, I also want to grow it beyond that because to me, it's a way to expand and grow myself. However, I think if you're going to pull the plug, take some time to explore that before you pull the plug and know what you're retiring to or know what you're transitioning to so that you can find fulfillment in that next path and not feel lost in between. You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. In fact, this guest comes from the very, very early days of the podcast. Like I'm talking episode number 18, early, early, early days. One of the very first ones that we recorded. His name's Michael. And at the time, he had a net worth of $2.1 million. He has since fired, more or less. And we'll get into a little bit of that today on the podcast with him and in, in the updates. Now a little over 2.7. So quite a journey for him as he's fired. He's continuing to grow his net worth. Once again, Another amazing guest. I think you'll really like the conversation that uh, takes place today and the update that we have with him. We had one yesterday with Donald. If you're interested in that, go check out number 258 or 256. Excuse me. So without any further delay, let's get into the episode with Michael. Hey, we've got Michael. Michael, do you want to just give us a little about your background and kind of a refresher for some of our guests who maybe didn't listen to your original episode about you and what you're up to? Yeah, sure. So my name is Michael Kwan, and I believe I was in the earliest episodes back in the teens, maybe like 18 or something like that. Eight, yep. 18, yeah. 18, yep. okay. Fucking number 18. Um, and yeah, it was great. I mean, you guys were just starting out, and you've grown so far from this point. So it's really awesome to see how you guys have taken off and really provided a lot of value to your community. So really quickly, a little bit about myself is I live in San Diego. I have a wife and two kids, and... I love the fire movement. I actually just wrote a book called The Fire Planner, which is all about making fire accessible to anyone. And my quick story is that just out of college, I was like a lot of people. I didn't know what I wanted to do, kind of wandering around trying to figure out, you know, what was I going to do with this economics degree that I had. And what happened was when I was exiting college, it was still during the dot-com boom days. So this is the dot-com era where Amazon and Webvan eBay and all these big companies were just taking off just because the internet was the latest craze. And so I caught the tail end of this crazy time and I ended up in IT because of that, Not nothing related to economics. And because I was a gamer, I naturally fell into hardware and networks and things of that nature. So what happened was once I got a full-time job, so to speak, I, uh, I was working, I was learning you know, all about companies and networks. And unfortunately, 9-11 hit right around that time as well. And the company that I was working for basically imploded. And you know, all my friends got laid off left and right. I was pretty much on the chopping block next. And I decided, you know, do you want to stick around and see what happens? Or do I want to go out and do something different? So I grabbed a couple of my friends, brought them to my office, and I said, you know what? Do we want to stick around and see what's going to happen next week? Or do we want to go out and do our own thing? And from that little small decision, we ended up starting up our own IT support services company. We went out and we basically got on our hands and knees and, and just dug deep and really created a company through a lot of sweat equity initially. 
And then over time, over the good next 10 years or so, we just started to grow slowly and surely. And by the end of 10 years, we had grown to a, to a company that we had a couple offices in Chicago and San Diego. And we decided at that point to sell the company and um, move on. And so that was really kind of the exit point for me to be able to do something different. My daughter was one at the time. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to try this whole early retirement thing. Back then, I didn't even know what the concept fire was and uh, put me on a path of shifting my entire career, pulling the plug in a nine to five traditional career and essentially doing the fire life, um, being very present, stay at home dad. I started blogging to share some of my experiences and share knowledge with other people. And it's been a good eight years now. That's awesome. So net worth when you came on the show was 2.1 back on episode 18 it was a couple of years ago where do you stand now as you've moved into this lifestyle yeah so you know the really great thing about fire is that it gives you options so when i exited i was closer to what we call lean fire and so back then i think net worth was probably closer to a low million ish or so my wife was still working at the time so we still definitely had that advantage and she actually still is currently but what really happened was I really started focusing on trying to grow the assets and try to accumulate more real estate. And so that grew over time to this 2.1 when I finally spoke to you guys. It was 2.1 million. And over the last, I think it's been three years since we last talked to you, it's grown, I think, another half million dollars. So I'm about 2.7 at this point. So growing the net worth while you've been in fire pretty substantially, how have you managed that? And, and maybe give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what your living expenses look like because essentially making all these changes in your life, going from you know salary, business, exit, to, I mean, there's a lot of mindset shifts that you've had to have in there about one, your spending and income and all that. Kind of walk us through that transition. Yeah, it definitely was a bit of a transition going from, you know, the office nine to five one day and then the next day coming home and doing diaper changes and, and baby feedings all day long. And essentially what happened was because I had some passive income coming from the sale of the business still coming in, and I also had some income coming in from rental real estate, it really set us up with a nice cushion to be able to manage the daily expenses, plus my wife was still working, so we had a little bit of extra bandwidth to work from. And I will tell you that you know a lot of times people that have fired, you know, they maybe are only working off of this passive income. For us, we had some additional bonus. So for me, it was a little easier, but I will tell you that I don't live a very frugal life, so we spend a we spend a lot of money on food and going out to eat. You know, it's ultimately a lifestyle choice. And the great thing about fire is that you can do it however you want. You can be, you know, whatever is important to you, you can focus on that and cut in areas that you don't care about and then spend a lot in other areas that you love. And so I always like to tell people that fire is really personal, just as personal as personal finances. It can be crafted to really meet your expectations however you want. So there's great freedom, I think, in being intentional with your money. And once you have a large enough base of assets to feed a lot of your basic necessities, the rest you can be very free in how you want to spend it. Yeah, agreed. So you mentioned increases spending or, or sorry, you spend a lot. What, what does that mean? And has that increased as your net worth has increased? Yeah. So. I'll give you some tangible amounts. So on a given month, we might spend about 
thousand to twelve hundred dollars on eating out, and so that's you know that's a lot of money, right? I mean, feasibly we could probably spend four to five hundred dollars pretty easily. But <laughs> to be honest, I like that luxury of not having to to go wash the dishes. I, I'm a little bit of a foodie. Actually, I have a food blog as well. Um, so that's what's important to me. But in other areas like clothes and cars and other things like that, you know, we don't spend a lot of money. So in some senses, it's all relative and kind of how that's structured. But on a given year, I would say we're spending on about maybe $100,000 on expenses. Now, if we didn't have this extra income, we can always adjust that back. And so that's the other nice thing about FIRE is that you can really customize it and you can pull back. Because to be honest, do I really need to spend that much on food? Absolutely not. Do I like to? Sure. And can we afford it? Yes. But you have to, no. <laughs> right. right. So it, well, I, I, I can't remember what you said last time on episode 18, but do you have a financial goal now? I do have a financial goal. So I will say that at a certain point, I think once your necessities are met, the rest essentially kind of becomes gravy in some senses. And so I feel obviously very blessed that, you know, we've accumulated enough where I feel very comfortable and secure. However, I also want to grow it beyond that because to me, it's a way to expand and grow myself. And right now, as a blogger and a financial coach, if I'm able to create more income, more streams of income, that's just an indicator to me that I'm creating more impact. So this new number for me is basically $10 million of net worth by the time I'm 50. So I've got another six years and I've got a lot of work ahead of me. <laughs> and remind everybody when you hit your first million, what age? Yeah, so the first million likely came at age 29. And the, the reason why I say likely is because some of it was tied up in the business that I owned. And the only reason why I know that it is what it is, if I go back and kind of reverse engineer the calculation from the final payout when I finally did sell the company, it would have been about 29 years old when I hit the first million. And then the second, how many years later? The second, that's a good question. I believe the second probably came another eight or so years later, um, which is actually interesting because I think a lot of people um, do that a lot quicker. Sometimes, you know, they say the first million takes the longest and then the second one is a much faster. I would say that because, again, we had higher expenses and we were using that to live, you know, this life that we wanted to, it did definitely, I think, you know, take some toll in terms of the growth potential over time, but it still grew nonetheless. Yeah. And then real estate, remind us how much you cash flow from real estate a year. And I know you recently bought a new rental. Yeah. So right now it's cash flowing at about $60,000 a year um, from the real estate. And yeah, I just recently added on a short-term rental, which is actually going to add another probably $3,000 a month or so. So that's the new focus for me in terms of real estate is to look at short-term rentals because the short-term rentals are actually being able to earn out about 3x from what I'm able to get from a traditional rental. So although there's a little bit more risk involved, there's a lot of upside that I'm seeing. And so this first one's performing very well. I'm looking to do a lot more of the same type of thing. And do you buy those in cash or finance them? Yeah, in this particular one, I actually bought it with cash. What happened was I actually had a property in San Diego. It was actually our first home that we had as a, as a growing family. It was a townhome. And I ended up keeping that townhome as a rental when we moved further south into a bigger home. And the reason why I kept that was I was like, well, you know, any rental is good, thinking that in my head at the time. 
But the truth was it actually wasn't that good because there was a lot of equity stuck in this townhome. There was about, I would say, 400 grand or so of equity stuck in this townhome. And although it was cash flowing, it was only cash flowing maybe like $400 a month. So if you look at the return on equity, it was actually performing very poorly because this equity is just sitting there doing nothing and it's not really returning that much to me. So what I ended up doing was I ended up selling it off and then taking a portion of that to pay off the other properties that I have. And that increases the cash flow there. And then taking that last chunk to buy this last property. However, with that said, I'm going to probably refinance out some of that cash so I can purchase another one later on down the line. Interesting. So journey to 10 million, walk us through your vision of what your portfolio might look like allocation wise as you, as you march to that 10 million. Absolutely. So with 10 million, and I've got six years to do this, obviously it's a pretty aggressive goal. Now, the chances of me doing this with the existing portfolio and then just appreciating is unlikely in six years. So the main focus now is really focusing on real estate as well as my coaching practice that I have, basically helping other people. So really building out some sort of ecosystem that really helps other people to find their path to financial independence. And in the same time, basically build a revenue stream for myself and then put those revenue streams back into real estate, kind of creating that cycle. That's my ultimate vision of being able to grow the asset base to 10 million. And I think it's very possible because as you create more streams of income and you get more flexibility, there's a lot of more opportunities that start appearing. And it's it's a pretty fun time that we live in, I think. And I think there's gonna be many opportunities ahead for people that are hungry for real estate investments and or business. The more opportunities that come out from shifts and changes in our economy or maybe later on you know we have shifts in our economy just as we exit out of this covid time there's going to be new opportunities popping up all around so a majority of this in your mind is probably going to be built with with physical assets yeah i'd say definitely physical assets as well as the business so really building income streams from the business is is a great accelerator and I think for anyone actually on the path to fire, there's there's three main things that can really help boost yourself and accelerate your path to fire. And that's extreme savings and investings. And that could be saving 50% of your income or more, your household family income, or it's real estate or it's entrepreneurship. I think those are the other two that you just really have the potential catapulting you to that next level. And the great thing I think about, of course, fires that you have time once you get your assets structured in place and you have a system in place to essentially guarantee that you're going to get wealthy slowly over time then you can focus on the real estate then you can focus on the entrepreneurship and all you need is one of those to really hit and it can really you know change the game and put you to that next level so michael as you've gone through this journey what would you say has been the most surprising thing going from grinding, selling a business to moving into this different lifestyle. Is there something that you weren't expecting that, that, that you've come upon or something that maybe you know came out of left field that you would advise others on to, to think about before they make some of these leaps that you have? Yeah, I think the biggest one is to just take some time to reflect before you do pull the trigger on early retirement or shifting your career. Because what I really realized was that as I transitioned 
a lot of our identity is typically tied to the work that we're already doing. And so by doing a 180, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of an identity crisis and you're like, oh, like, you know, what, what am I here to do now? And I think that can also be a good thing. However, I think if you're going to pull the plug, take some time to explore that before you pull the plug and know what you're retiring to or know what you're transitioning to so that you can find fulfillment in that next path and not feel lost in between. Yeah, I, I want to read what you wrote here on the form. You said, in terms of financial success, it's not about the number, it's about the freedom it can buy. I feel like I've done decently using money as a tool to enhance the quality of my life and those around us. It's given me back time to be fully present with my family and connect with people in ways I couldn't have done otherwise. We can't take it with us when we die, so we may as well use it to create an impact and have a lot of fun along the way. I just thought that was really well said. Thanks. Yeah, it, it really is about, I think, time and the freedom. At the end of the day, like I said, you can't take the money with you. So the money is essentially just a tool. It's a tool to give us more time. And I believe the wealthiest people are the ones that have the most freedom of time and can do you know, essentially whatever they want. Is there any part of you, though, that says, hey, how far, how, like, how far can I get? How much can I get? How could I push myself? And, and if I have more, I could make a greater impact? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing with the business right now is really trying to grow the blog, grow the, the coaching programs and the masterminds so that it can affect more people. And as I just mentioned earlier, I just wrote a book. And I will tell you that you know writing a book obviously takes a lot of time and effort. And it's something where you know I'm probably not going to make a ton of money from the book itself. I made a little bit up front. However, it was more important for me to be able to get out this message and be able to share different perspectives and ideas with people that wouldn't have access to this information otherwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool. And, and congrats to you on your success and you're building it. And, and to that point, you, you recently came out with a book, right? Tell us about the book and, and what it is and where people can find it. Absolutely. Yeah. So the book that I wrote, it was actually over COVID. I had some spare time, obviously, during COVID because everyone was locked up. So I spent a good two and a half months writing this book called The Fire Planner. And so this is unlike most financial books that you'll find out there. In fact, I think it's unlike anything you've seen out there because it's a really interactive type of book. So what it is, is it's The Fire Planner is a way to make fire, financial independence, retire early, the concept and this movement accessible to anyone. And so it's gonna take you from the beginning of understanding what this concept is, taking you the mindset of what you need to believe in order to even achieve this, to understanding the fundamentals, to understanding some of those fire accelerators that we just talked about, extreme savings and investing, real estate and entrepreneurship, how you can use those vehicles to catapult you and really get a very clear and concise plan that aligns with your values. And so what that book is, is it's really a blueprint to, to give you access to this idea and customize it according to your values so that you can go out there, achieve, and enjoy the process along the way. That's one thing that I also want to kind of share with people is that sometimes in the fire movement, we see some of the extreme cases where people are, you know, living off $25,000 a year, you know, wearing a single piece of clothes for the entire year. And hey, if that's something that's important to you and you value that, great. But I know a lot of people that that's not, you know, something that's really intrinsically comfortable for them. And so I say there's another way to do it. You can do it however you want to do it. You can spend money on the things that you want and you can still 
achieve fire at the same time. But you have to be able to understand the rules of the game, plug yourself in, model yourself off of other people that have done, you know, this type of formula beforehand, and essentially right off into the sunset yourself. Yeah, awesome. Well, Michael, thanks for coming on. I mean, thanks for the updates. Fun to hear. 2.1 on episode 18. That was a, a couple of years ago now, up to 2.7, probably over three by the time this thing goes live. So congrats on your success and, and best of luck with the book and the blog. And, and thanks for keeping us posted here. Absolutely. And thanks when so you much. get to five, we'll have you on a, a third time. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to track it, right? All the way to yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.